slide share is uh, centered around two different terms that we use to identify Mashiach that we're familiar with. One is the most obvious one, which is Mashiach, and another is the term Ben David, which is also a reference to Mashiach in many places, which we're going to see starting in the Gemara, and this will be an entryway into understanding the various aspects of what we mean when we talk about Geula, what we mean when we talk about Mashiach. As a famous rabbi once said, before I speak, I'd like to say a few words. So as somewhat of an introduction, many are familiar with the question that was asked to the Rambam, that when he writes in Hilchas Malachim, in the two chapters about Mashiach, and he makes the emphatic point that there is no distinction between our current circumstance and the time of the Geula, save for the change in government, not that that's a small thing. People ask, well, what about all the Nevuas about uh, miracles? and wolf will lie with the lamb and so on and so the Rambam in a letter that's often quoted writes that uh, it could be in two tkufas, in two stages it's a progression and at first Mashiach could just be essentially a political transformation and an awareness and the development and the complete full potential of our human capacity and then the miracles will come however the Rambam does add that if we are Zeicha then it can happen more miraculously, more quickly. A close friend of mine, who many people here know, Ariel, he interpreted this in a manner that I think is very profound and um, challenging, which is that what does it mean if we are Zeicha? The question is, when are we really ready for miracles? Are we ready to go to the zoo and pet the lion? So it's not, well, if we put on film three more times, then we'll have more miracles more instantaneously. The question is, when are we in the mindset that we're ready for all of these miracles. Are we ready for Tekiyas HaMesim? Are we ready for the change in nature without becoming so frazzled and so frightened by it that we'll run away? Because that is not the objective of Mashiach, to overwhelm us and to scare us and so on. So we become the calibrators of the Gili Elokos, much like it's discussed in Hasidus in many areas, in Matan Teira and so forth, that the Tzimtzum we get all frustrated with, but the Tzimtzum is quote-unquote our opportunity to be connected with Hashem. And if there is no tzimtzum, we become so overwhelmed by godliness. So we get all frustrated and we say, we don't want this tzimtzum, just give me giliolokos and just give me giliolokos. And then there's giliolokos and we go, oh, well, this is a little too much for us and we can't, we don't know how to, how to absorb it into our humanity and so we become frightened and we become panicked and we don't know what to do with it. So Hashem is like, don't blame me. I'm ready to give you all that you're ready for and you're not really ready for it. It's like the child says, I'm ready. I can drive the car on my first day. I can play songs already on my first lesson in the guitar and the teacher says, fine. And then the kid realizes, well, maybe I really can't. So in this process that everybody has to develop to the point and Essentially, we say that this is a demarcation of Chavches Nisan, when the Rebbe said, okay, now I've done all that I can do, which would seem to suggest that on Kodzai Nisan, that wasn't the case. That at some point, we get to that where we are ready for it, we are prepared for it, and we see it in matters that are somewhat uh, obvious to us with technology. Not, what, what will surprise us anymore? Tomorrow they'll come out with a phone that makes dinner, it won't surprise us. We're, we're, we are so conditioned towards Miracles that the miracles cease to to uh, wow us, and that's a good thing. Like they say by the Alter Rebbe, the miracles were on the floor. Why? Because the, that wasn't the Icar, that was, and they were so accustomed to it, and that's a good thing. Not that we disregard it or don't appreciate it, but it shouldn't frighten us anymore. 
like uh, when it says when Mashiach comes, it'll say it'll say it in the newspapers, whatever a newspaper is. I mean, look at that. Now we don't even know what newspapers are. It's that that's become antiquated, but it won't even be on page one. It'll be such a natural progression because again, the next techno technological advance won't surprise us in the medical advances and the curing of all disease and the extension of life. I mean, if a person today lives to be ninety, we don't. We don't notice it as being exceptionally remarkable. Think about in the year that that person was born, to tell them in 1928 that they're going to live to be 90 is telling a child born today they're going to live to be 185. What were life expectancies in 1928? 50? 55? The person doubled it. What's life expectancy today? 80? So to tell someone who's born today he's going to live to be 160 was as far-fetched as it would have sounded to tell somebody in 1928 they're going to live to be 90. Today, if someone lives to be 90, we don't even think it's that remarkable. And if they drive at age 90, we're not so stunned by it. Why? Because as we are getting closer and closer to Gula, we're becoming more and more uh, readied for greater and greater Gilealakus. And again, it's a good thing that it doesn't scare us, it doesn't overwhelm us, we shouldn't ignore it, we should should never cease to be excited about it, impressed by it, but not to the point that it scares us to that we're not able to function. Within this general genre about the understanding of the progressive uh, giloy, and like we have throughout all of this, the progressive creation and the progressive progression from uh, Atzmas and Adam Kadman and all of those stages that follow a form of a spectrum from no thing to very tangible, from all the way down to Malchus and all of the different uh, spans that we discuss so often in every area in Chassidus from creation in the macro to development of thought to uh, character to behavior in the micro etc. We find this of course in the ultimate purpose of creation which is the Gula Mitis Vashlema that it be in our days and a mechanism in which we can help to categorize this and get our arms around it is the way in which we refer to Mashiach. So, if we look here in the first handout on the top, number one, it's a quote that you're probably already familiar with. We all know that in Perik Chelik, they, uh, the Gemara speaks a lot about the, the foreshadowing, the Nevuas, and so forth, about the Gula of uh, Mashiach. And it tells us there that Amr Rabbi Hanina, Ein Ben David Boy, that Ben David, the son, literally, of course, the son of David, but it doesn't mean his just his biological uh, first generation offspring, but the descendant of David, will not come until we will seek out a fish for a sick person, and we will not be able to find that fish to help cure the sick person. How do we know this? It's based on a Pusik that, again, alludes to it, and you can read it there for yourself. So, Herein, this quote, we have two relevant points to our discussion. Quote number one is that it is Ben David. We don't call him Mashiach, we call him Ben David. And that there is somehow a connection between the search for fish for sick people and why fish have some form of healing power for sick people and that we will not be able to find this fish and therefore, Mashiach comes. Now, as we are familiar, there's many quotes in the Gemara that suggest that Mashiach comes as the consequence of how things are, or Mashiach comes as the antidote to the way things are. And this is a common imagery that we have. We have Mashiach, the poor man riding on a donkey, and we have Mashiach, 
the great Savior coming down on the cloud. We have, as we mentioned earlier, Mashiach coming to uh, be a governmental leader, and we have Mashiach coming to bring miracles and uh, uh, abundance and the end of strife and to coming to life of the dead, etc., etc. So, so to speak, which one is it? Is Mashiach coming in glamour or is Mashiach coming in poverty? In uh, in, in um, Tavshin Nun, when the Rebbe was speaking, uh, Tavshin Nun Aleph, when the Rebbe was speaking so much about Mashiach, and especially after Chavches Nisan and the Sicha that we always reference, so there was a certain Shliach who was being interviewed on the radio show, and the interviewer said, not in a nasty way, but they said, look, how do you know this isn't another false uh, alarm? The Jewish people have been hurt by false Mashiachs, and how do you know it's not the same thing? So he gave, a, I think, a very poignant answer and relates directly to what we're talking about here. He said, in all the famous cases of the false Mashiach, they always came to the people who were downtrodden. And they said, things are so terrible, don't worry, I'm here to save them. So let's abandon wherever we are, whether it was Russia or Poland or wherever it was, and let's go to Israel because things are so bad. In other words, he came to tell them to abandon their lives because things are so terrible that he's here to save the day. And things were terrible. They were terrible financially, physically, and they were terrible spiritually. So those people were primed for being uh, misled. The Rebbe is coming to tell us to build. It's Shnas The Rebbe is coming to tell us that things are so good, it is only reasonable to expect that Mashiach is going to come. Mashiach isn't coming to cure us of all the ills. Mashiach is coming as the natural consequence of how good things are. And again, Mashiach was always seen as the rescuer. He was the hero who was going to change everything because things were so desperate that we had nothing left. But uh, we got to have Mashiach. Things are so bad. And sometimes some of us may feel that as well, that things are hopeless. There's no natural way that you could ever imagine that this person will have the cure of whatever it is that ails them physically, financially, socially, emotionally, etc. And therefore, in, in desperation, we say we have to have Mashiach. And Mashiach was always seen as what's coming to fix everything that's wrong with the world. Because things are so bad that we need to have Mashiach. And there is, of course, much source material to support this. And that is, of course, true. And then, sort of the Rebbe's decision is that we're going to campaign about Mashiach coming because things are so good. This is, of course, consistent with everything that we are accustomed to sort of culturally in our understanding and our relationship and our uh, mission from the Rebbe. We're not here to stop people on the street and tell them how bad their life is and therefore they should put on tefillin. We're here to tell them how precious they are to Hashem and how eager Hashem is for their mitzvah and how all of creation is hanging upon their one act. And uh, the Rebbe told Rabbi Lipskar from the Aleph Institute that when you visit a Jew in prison, you're not here to be pitying him. On the contrary, you're here to say to him, the world needs you. You're in this very, very dark place. You have a special kayach to bring light into a place that nobody else can bring light to. So we have this not only sort of upbeat, but it's directly stems all the things Alter Rebbe talks about in Tanya, about putting the emphasis on Ava. Doesn't mean we forget about Yiris Hashem. You have to have both, of course. And we make the strategic decision to put our emphasis on Abba. And we could be standing out on the street and saying to people, excuse me, are you Jewish? Yes. Don't eat trave. We could. And we even have the psukim to support it. So we read it. Well, so may ride. They 
The best way to get him not to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken is to have him put on Phil in a few times, and that will crowd out his uh, impulse for inappropriate behavior. Well, the same thing is true in our understanding of how Mashiach comes. So on the one hand, as we mentioned, we have Mashiach described as coming to save the world. And the, the world is sick, and the world is in need of a cure, and this cure is somehow contained in fish, which we will detail and discuss, and they can't even find it. And so Ben David comes to rescue the Jewish people and rescue the world by extension, and every individual from the woes of their existence uh, that is otherwise hopeless. They're looking for this fish that's going to cure them, they can't even find that, and therefore they have nothing else but the Mashiach. And he has to come and rescue them. And Mashiach is there as the, the hero to rescue the person from otherwise utter despair. But then we have other interpretations, or other, I shouldn't say interpretations, other uh, monikers. And of course, the one that we keep on using is Mashiach. So we ask just the average person on the street, what does Mashiach mean? And this is another marketing issue that we run into because unfortunately, like most of uh, the world, it has, has, it has co-opt our language. And therefore, even Jews, when they hear the word Mashiach, immediately associated with something that's not Torah and uh, is foreign. And they hear the word Messiah, they think it has to do with deliverer, they think the word Messiah means the one who rescues you, and so on. When, as we know, it comes from the word to anoint. The Kayagadal is anointed, and the king is anointed, and the Kedim and the Mishkan are anointed, and the word anointed itself has become co-opted, just like there was a story about a certain very public figure, not Jewish, and he talked about tithing. And then they found out he only gave like 2%. Because he didn't even know the word tithe means to get 10%. That's what the word means. Not only that he, he said he thought he was doing... The word tithing means a tithe is 10%. That's what the word means. But it's become co-opted to just mean giving charity. So he kept on talking about how he was tithing when he was not giving even 2%. Because the word got conflagrated with uh, other meanings and from other cultures and other societies and it's a term of art and people throw it around carelessly. So our most familiar interpretation of this word Mashiach means to, uh, to be anointed. And anointed is a process where you put oil on something and you designate it for something special. But again, if you, unfortunately even Jews, you stop them in the street and you ask them what does the word mean? And they associate it with things that are not the etymological meaning of it, and they're not the, def the dictionary definition. And from there, it all goes wrong, because we're not even speaking the same language. In large part, again, because the word's been co-opted by other cultures, and we become victimized to it. And it helps us understand why we fast on a Sarbateves, because they translated Torah into Greek, and that was uh, the beginning of the end. And even though we utilize it, we're speaking English now, we see the handicaps associated with it. But then we have another interpretation of the word. And this is from a Pusik. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's in Parshish Kedach. And you have it here. It's circled on the bottom. Lemoshka, and Rashi tells us what does the word Lemoshka mean? To be, again, anointed. But it means Ligdula. To be uplifted. To be exalted. To be grand. So, here we have two different terms. We have Ben David, and Ben David comes to rescue us from despair. Ben David comes when all else is lost. Ben David comes to save the day. 
Otherwise, it's lost. So that's been David. But then we have Mashiach, who is not coming here because things are so bad, but he's coming because things are so good. There is a, um, a cultural concept. Uh, it's called compassion fatigue. That is, whenever we hear, God forbid, about a tragedy, a natural disaster or some other type, unfortunately, there's so many. So right away, people become very enthusiastic and they become very charitable and they are out there to help. And after some time, people, it, wears off, it wears off on them. And the next one that comes about, people become less and less sensitive to it. And there's all kinds of psychological phenomena, which we're not here to discuss. But the concept is that negativity sells in the short term, but not in the long term. And it's true, I mean, just to use a classic example, it's true in all forms of fundraising. You can come to people and tell them how terrible things are, and they'll write you out a check, and it may even be a significant check. But at a certain point, no one wants to invest in misery. It just doesn't sell like that anymore because it's just wearing. So if we're here to tell everybody Mashiach is coming because the end is nigh and everybody repents because otherwise you're going to get yelled at and Mashiach is going to come and he's going to identify who's been naughty and who's been nice, this is not a, a, a model of success. So what is that Mashiach? Is he here to repair all our ills? There's certainly source material that seems to support that. That's the first quote that we read. But here we see a different attitude, that Mashiach is about Mashiach. It's about uplifting us. Mashiach is about our capacity to be receptive to godliness, our capacity to be receptive to true liberation, our capacity to be receptive to our own transformation. It's a classic, uh, this Lahavdil is, uh, but it illustrates a point. There's an ancient Chinese proverb the best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago. The second best time is today. That's right. And, and, and if we fall, again, uh, we, we all have a, uh, a weakness, at least a potential tendency to falling into, well, this is how we do it, and it's uh, never going to change, and I can't, you can't expect me to become better at it, and so on. And then when somebody says, well, here's the cure, we, well, I don't want the cure, and I'm too old, and this is how we do it because we have created our routines, and like the Yidden who didn't want to leave Mitzrayim, because leaving Mitzrayim is always difficult, and it's sometimes more difficult to leave than it is to stay and endure the difficulty, because a person knows what that is in the, the big, bad, frightening world out there. And as many shluchim can tell you, and other people who have had this experience, that when we came to bring the world this message about Mashiach, we anticipated that some people would would dismiss it as being impossible, as a fantasy. And of course, that's a difficulty. People think that things aren't going to change. But then we found another difficulty that I think caught us by surprise, maybe didn't catch everybody by surprise, is that people didn't want it because they had invested their whole life in Gullus. And to tell them, okay, now we're all going to live in a holy life and go tell everybody, well, all sickness will be healed, the Rebbe had to remind us that from Gaila to Geula is adding an Aleph. And the Rebbe reassured us time and time again. And the, the fact that we need the reassurance shows that this was a concern that we had. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mashiach is not coming to take anything away from you. So if the person is, God forbid, living in Auschwitz, and you tell him Mashiach is coming, of course he wants it, because nothing could be worse. But when a person is living in Shopping Mall America, and they come along and they say, Mashiach is coming. They say, well, I, ha I have a cruise plan for next week. Mashiach is coming, but I, I just finished building my house. I built my whole life on being a criminal lawyer, on being a, uh, 
being a, a, a jeweler. And if you're telling me he's not going to be envying and jealousy anymore, I'm out of business. So we can dismiss, right? Because we live in that world. So of course we want Mashiach to come. Because when Mashiach comes, you get to do all the stuff you like to do. But what about the person who doesn't like to do that stuff or doesn't think they like to do that stuff? So Mashiach's going to come, and guess what? You're going to have to start wearing a wig. Well, I don't want to do that. Mashiach's going to come, and you're not going to play golf on Saturday anymore. Well, of course, you want Mashiach. You're the rabbi. You're the chassid. Mashiach comes. You get to have all the stuff. You don't have to now argue with your boss about taking off on Shavuos. So you want Mashiach to come. But that guy says, I like my life. I like my country club. I like my going out to dinner. I like my car. I like my material things. They're not as immediately gung-ho. And so the Rebbe had to reassure us again and again and again that Goyle to Geula is only adding. And this is what Lemoshcha, that Mashiach is coming to bring something better, not something worse. And don't be afraid. It's hard. Push this button and everything will change. And trust me, it'll be better. So again, if you're living in Auschwitz, you're ready for anything. Sure, I'll take anything. But if you're living in, in, in the lap of luxury, in couch potato America, why, why, why would I want everything to change? And what do you, what's it going to be like when it changes? Oh, I'm going to sit in Lugumara all day. Well, I don't know. It doesn't sound so interesting to me. It sounds interesting to you because that's what you like to do. So, of course, you're all excited about it. But I'm not so excited about it. I like the things that I do. So, Lamashka means Mashiach is coming to uplift us as a consequence of our, um, of, uh, of our virtue. Herein, we start to get the, an understanding between the difference between Ben David and Mashiach. Ben David means that he doesn't have any particular virtue himself. And again, it's not talking about the individual who leads us, but it's talking about the community. It's simply family. So we have to take you, you know, family is where they have to take you in no matter what. That's what it means to be family. We're sort of stuck with you and you're stuck with us. And it's okay. And, you know, we got to sort of carry you. I don't know if this person would be my friend, but he's my cousin or my nephew or my uncle. And therefore, I have to take him in. So Ben David, the emphasis is not on the virtue of this person. And it's not on the virtue of the circumstance. It's right. Sometimes we need an uplift out of the mess that we made for ourselves. And we have no idea what to do. And we throw our hands up and we let go and we let God. And then we can have a goal in that way. Sometimes we need that. We need to just say, I don't know what to do. I give up. I surrender. And uh, we get liberated in that manner. And that's a quality that is indicated in the idea of Ben David. That is, like we use the term a ben chayrin, or uh, we, we say, you know, daughters of the revolution don't mean that we're the offspring of Mr. and Mrs. Revolution. We mean that we have taken on the characteristic. It's not something that we've done, but it's embedded, like B'nai Yisrael. It's embedded in our identity. So, that's not all in all a bad thing. What's the quality? What does it mean to be ben David? Like we say with B'nai Abraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, why do we sometimes identify ourselves as B'nai Yisrael, and sometimes Adas Yisrael, and Am Yisrael, and so on. Each one of them represents a different nuanced characteristic. Here we're talking about not only the person himself, who is the Ben David, but we're talking about a society that's in need of a Ben David. That is, we need the David characteristic. That's what's going to rescue us. Not just the fact that he happens to be a biological descendant of David. That's a technical, legal matter. The question is, what is it about society that is in need of the Dovidness 
to come and rescue it. And this is essentially the, the, the message that David HaMelech is the concept of Mesiris Nefesh. That this is who David is. We know from the stories of Nach, the way he dealt with Shaul, the way he even dealt with his own son, of Sholem. He was the man of total Mesiris Nefesh and total Bitochem. You find this with David, his basic attitude was, if God is on your side, you don't even have to do anything. It'll all work out. As if we had the opportunity to kill Shaul, he didn't kill Shaul. He had the opportunity to kill his son, of Sholem. He didn't do that. He had many opportunities, and he lived the life of miracle after miracle. And his, just the, the, the divrei hayomim uh, of his life was about this concept that he embedded within the Jewish people of Mesir Snafash. So sometimes we get to a point where we're not going to think our way out of it. We're not going to uh, emotionally inspire ourselves a way out of it. We're just going to Mesir Snafash our way out of it. And therefore, we have to tell the person, you know, I understand that you like to play golf on Saturday, and I understand that you think that Gashmis is pretty nice, and you're not so interested in all of this uh, Kedusha, but you have to be willing to have this Mesir Snafish for yourself. That is, you have to be willing to say, I'm going to trust that Hashem is going to make it not only the best thing ethically, morally, and spiritually, but even pleasurably, that it's going to work out for me even though it doesn't sound so fun to me. You know, they don't want, I don't want to do that. You want to do it. So of course you're all excited that Moshiach is coming <laughs> because you like to do that stuff. But I don't like to do that stuff. So why do you think I should be so uh, enthusiastic about it? Now, in the specific story we said that when does Ben David come? When are we in such, when do we in need of this? When the alternative, that is what we thought would cure us, hasn't cured us. And that was, they couldn't find fish for the sick person. So what does it mean to be sick? And what does it mean that fish will cure you? And what happens when you can't find the fish? And how does Ben David solve the problem that you thought fish would solve if you could only find fish? And why can't you find the fish? So herein, the Rebbe explains to us that the mushal and nimshal of this uh, process is that the person is sick. Sick means that he feels an absence of Kedusha. We all know that the word chayla is the gematria 49, and it's the person reaching out to try to get something a little bit more. He's just on the cusp of it. Like we say that Avram Avinu was in greater pain after bris milah, not from the surgical procedure. He was in greater pain from the sense that he didn't have the opportunity to do chesed. That every time we come close to Hashem, why is there ever any difficulty? Why is it that when we come close to Hashem, it's not always all sweet and uh, soft music? Why is there sometimes difficulty? Because the neshama wants even more and more and more. So we're, the neshama is crying out. The sickness is a, is a spiritual sickness. What then do we look to for the cure? We look to fish. What is it about fish? Why do we think fish are going to cure us? And we're not here to study uh, biology and we're not here to study pharmacology. What is it about fish? What is the virtue that the fish has? So as we know, this is the virtue of the fish, that they are constantly aware of their dependence on our shem. That a fish is constantly aware, its eyes are open, it's, it has no eye in horror because it knows that it's absolutely dependent on water for survival. And the fish are totally buckled to the water. That's why a fish is never a chatzitza for a mikvah, because it's considered part of the water itself. So this is the, this is the antidote to this type of sickness. That if we will have the, the quality of fish, that is, where total awareness of the infinity of Hashem, like the Ramban writes, that the, one of the reasons why we don't eat the animals that are not that are tame is because a person takes on the characteristics of the food that he eats, 
we don't want to take on the characteristics of these aggressive animals and so on. Well, on the upside, if we ate fish, we'll take on the characteristics of the fish, namely its total bittle to the water and its absolute awareness of its dependence on the infinity of Hashem and so on and so forth. So if we would have that, we would cure the sickness of our neshama. Well, what happens? <laughs> we don't have it. We can't even find the fish. We don't have the capacity to reach this level of bittal, this level of the fish that represents something uh, of total bittal. We can't. We can't reach that level. We can't find it. So now we need the David quality, the quality of Masira Snapesh. But this is a Mashiach that comes out of a need for that which is essentially a, a recognition of our weakness. We have a need, and that need is a weakness need. There are, weak, there are needs of strength, and there are needs of weakness. This is a need of weakness. So Ben David comes to rescue the world from its inability to care for itself. But then there is, of course, the higher level. There's the, the level of uh, Mashiach coming not as a result of hopelessness and uh, despair, and Mashiach is going to have to come to save the day, even though that is a quality of Mashiach, and sometimes we feel that need most profoundly. There is the other quality, that Mashiach comes as a natural consequence of the world being transformed. <coughs> and this, I think, is what the Rebbe constantly emphasized in the Sikhs, all about who would have imagined, I mean, the fall of the Soviet Union, which is now so far long ago, that you have adults who are voting in elections who don't even know what you're talking about. You might as well be talking about the Inquisition. It's ancient history. The, the, the communism and the stories, I mean, this week we commemorate the arrest of the Friedrich Rebbe in the Soil of the Tamus. It sounds like something out of ancient history. Who would have believed that that same place now is exporting matzah to the rest of the world? That that same place has the most fantastic shuls and yeshivas and so on and Berlin, and so on. It's as bizarre as to imagine that the greatest place of Torah was in Iran and Iraq. Who would believe that in, the, that in Pumpadisa and the Talmud Bavli is a place now devoid of any Kedusha, right? Based on Rabbeinu Shababovil is, is, is not there. And who would believe that America became a place of Torah when America was the, the place of uh, the, the trade for Medina, and so on and so forth. So the progression of the world becoming more and more receptive, and we see, as the Rebbe points out, even Lahavdil amongst the nations, and B'nai Noyach, and so on, is an uplifting and an exalting. So Mashiach isn't coming. So when the person says, look, I have a life. Why should I want Mashiach? Well, don't just tell me for other people. Okay, so I want Mashiach for sick people, and this is a potential marketing disaster that we make. We say this not only for Mashiach, we say it for Yiddishkeit. Yiddishkeit is for sick people, Yiddishkeit is for lonely people, which of course it is. But we start to present it as if it's only so. The guy said, look, I'm a healthy person, I have a nice life, my parents didn't beat me, my wife likes me, my, I have a job. Or, or, you're telling me that your Chabad or your Chsidis or your Yiddishkeit is all for broken people. And it's coming here to rescue people who are slaves in Egypt. Uh, I'm not a slave. Oh, yes, you are. Let me show you how you're really a slave. That's true. It's not untrue. But it's not the entirety of it, and it's certainly not all that appealing. The guys who look slave, I, I, you know, I, I, I got a good life. Yes, well, it's true that I have to wait online at the grocery store, and it's true that I, I don't like traffic, and it's true that uh, my backhand isn't as strong as I'd like it to be. But for this, I'm not ready to change my whole life. So this is the message, I think, that the Rebbe constantly communicated, 
that Mashiach is not here just to solve problems because we don't, uh, don't depict the world as just being filled with problems. And Mashiach is not here because we don't know how to get out of our own way. Although when we have those issues, Mashiach will help us with that as well, just as Taylor will help us with that. And Mashiach is ultimately here as a, as a, as a consequence of the transformation of this world. So Ben David is the characteristic of Mashiach here to help us solve our problems, the ones that we can't solve on our own. Mashiach is here as a consequence of all the problems that we have already solved. So Hashem should give us the strength that if we need to have Ben David, we will have it. And if, more importantly, that we should shoot for the time of Mashiach and this level of transformation.